epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our podcast, I'll be joined by Arizona State head coach Bobby Hurley. Caught up with him in Las Vegas last week after Arizona State knocked off Utah State. Texas Tech's Chris Beard as the Red Raiders took care of Nebraska in Kansas City. And prior to that tournament in Las Vegas, I had a chance to sit down with North Carolina's Luke May. Uh, so you get a chance to listen to him. And, you know, now keep in mind, they went one-on-one in, in, in North Carolina, but it was more about... Luke May's transition from being basically a role guy to a player who is a significant potential All-American. Crazy Monday, by the way. Okay, my power 36, I had Gonzaga number one, AP had Gonzaga number one. The net comes out, the new rankings from the NCAA, and there's a lot of controversy. It's clearly there's going to be huge value on road wins, neutral court wins, and hopefully this will all work itself out. Ohio State at number one has a lot to do with them beating Creighton and Cincinnati on the road. Great. Uh, I wouldn't have number one, but I get it. Um, You know, Virginia, Duke, Gonzaga, Michigan, they're all in that mix. Tennessee, all makes sense. Loyola 10? Loyola Marymount. (laughs) Um, Surprising. I think that has something to do with their undefeated record and winning a neutral court game against a Georgetown team that beat Illinois. I don't know. I'm not a computer expert. That one's obviously an outlier. Not that they're not going to have a good year in the WCC, but that was a little surprising. So that I'll leave that one alone. Uh, Georgia Southern had a Texas in the uh, net. I don't get it. Uh, I, I just I'll believe that all these things will work their way out. But keep in mind, please, everyone, this is always just one metric. Just like the RPI was one metric. Nothing is going to be solely decided on um, essentially what you'll see in these net rankings. It's just one metric. Keep that in mind. The power, the uh, weekly honors I had, I had Gonzaga as the team of the week. Uh, Lou Dort from Arizona State as my player of the week as he put up 33 in their victory over Utah State. Gonzaga, of course, won the Maui Invitational. So a lot to digest there on NCAA.com and all our March Madness platforms. You can look at my Power 36 comparing against the AP poll. Um, You know, I mean, I had Arizona State in the 30s in my Power 36. They're not in the top 25. They're just sort of outside. Mississippi State, I didn't rank. Arizona State beat Mississippi State. They're still ranked in the poll in the AP. Don't get that. Maryland in the top 25. I like that. I had them 
at 36 after the win at Mar- against Marshall. Maybe I should have had them higher, but at least I ranked them somewhere. I pulled the mea culpa on Arkansas. I'm glad I got them in there after not putting them in last week, you know, with their win over Indiana the previous week, and they just kept winning. So I'm glad I've got Arkansas in there. Texas Tech made a huge jump, not ranked to ranking. You'll hear uh, me eat a little crow with Chris Beard here very shortly. <laughs> And uh, Nebraska took a tumble. Villanova gets back in after their win over Florida State on Sunday. That's good to see for the Wildcats. Uh, The Big East had a good week with Seton Hall winning the Wooden Legacy, Creighton winning down in the Cayman Islands over Clemson, St. John's won the Legends in Brooklyn over VCU and Cal, and then Villanova takes Orlando's Advocare Invitational uh, with a win over Florida State. Uh, So a lot to get to. A crazy week at ACC Big Ten Challenge where there's a lot of good games, notably, obviously, Indiana-Duke, Carolina versus Michigan, Ann Arbor. You know, you're you're already going to be listening to this past Monday night where you got Nebraska-Clemson, Minnesota-BC, Virginia Tech at Penn State, I think will be a decent game. Michigan State going to Louisville. Um, Wisconsin hosting NC State. So I think the Big Ten is actually going to fare much better. Um, The other one, of course, is Virginia-Maryland. That one's going to be a monster game, certainly for the Terps. But I think overall, you're going to see uh, the Big Ten fare better than the ACC this week. That's my prediction. And then this weekend, the Big Ten gets going with their regular season schedule. Uh, so uh, a lot to, to sort of look forward to in college basketball. Big Ten related it just happens this week. They're going to dominate a lot of the discussion because they're starting their league this weekend. Next year, the ACC is going to go to 20 games, and they're going to have to have two games in early December as well. It makes sense to do it around the championship football game in that weekend in December, that first weekend in December. So let's get to it. Uh, I think let's start out with Texas Tech's Chris Beard as uh, they make a jump into the poll. Then we'll move on to Arizona State's Bobby Hurley and then North Carolina's Luke May. Joining me now here on March Madness 365, Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard. And uh, Chris, preseason, I had you guys as a team sort of on the bubble, thinking that, you know, a lot of rebuilding, even though you had Jarek Culver coming back. Um, Texas Tech fans gave me a lot of flack, and deservedly so. And now I'm eating my words, serving the crow, mea culpa. I know it's early, but you guys looked really good in that win over Nebraska. Culver's looking really good. Um, how much is this a bit of a surprise versus uh, you kind of knew that this team was going to be pretty good this early? No, no surprise, Andy. We got high expectations here. I appreciate the passion of our fans too. Having my back is nice as somebody does. <laughs> no, we've got a nice, nice mix. You know, last year we had a special run, and we returned about half the players from that team. So it starts right there. We knew we had some talent, and experience coming back. Uh, we've recruited well here. So, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing is being competitive each year. It's awful early, um, but I would agree with you that we're off to a good start. So Culver wasn't the guy last season. What did you see from him that told you, you know what, he can be that guy as, you know, he ascends and sort of up the ladder in his responsibility for you? Yeah, great question. So the whole world sees Jared Culver's talent. He's long, he's athletic, he can score at three levels. He's a good defensive player. He, he had moments last year in the Big 12 and in the tournament where he was the best player on the floor. Um, but where my confidence comes in him being great is his uh, character, his day-to-day work, how he works at his craft. He's a guy that eliminates distractions, um, lives life the right way. I mean, he loves basketball. He's always in the gym. He's in here right now as I speak to you. 
he's just a guy that works at his craft. And so when you when you combine talent with desire, you know, normally you have a pretty good outcome. Who else has sort of been a guy that's, you know, stepped up bigger than you thought or expect? I don't know if it's Matt Moody. I mean, you, you tell me who, you know, ha- has met those expectations here early in the season. Well, it's hard to single out certain players because I'd love to talk about all the guys. But, you know, two key returners, uh, Morrow and Brandon Francis, you know, basically the sixth and seventh man from last year's Elite Eight team have now jumped into huge roles. Uh, Brandon's our sixth man, but that's kind of by design. He's definitely one of our best five players. Um, And then I think the newcomers, the two grad transfers, Tariq and Matt, um, are, are in the midst of, you know, fulfilling expectations. They came here to play big roles, make an impact. And again, it's awful early. Um, I think both those guys in this early season have shown that they can play in a Big 12. So I'm not trying to jump ahead in your schedule. I just want to say in general, I love the fact that you didn't hesitate. And maybe you did, but I don't know. I'm going to ask you, you know, with this Duke game in, in December uh, in New York, when you what was the backstory there as to how that came about and, and why you said, you know what, I want to play that game? Well, simply stated, I've always thought if you're ever going to win the fight, then you got to get a part of the fight. You know, you can't win the fight from the stands. You got to get out there and get in the middle of it. So, we have uh, basically begged people to play us uh, going into our third year here. We would love at some point to get a game like that in Lubbock, um, but neutral site's the best thing. So, I'm very, very appreciative of Coach K and Duke playing us. I think I don't think they would have played us unless we were good last year, because as you and I both know, Coach only plays teams that he thinks are good. Um, so I give our players last year a lot of credit for even having the opportunity for our team now to play Duke. Obviously, when I scheduled that game, I was hoping Zaire Smith would be with us. And so uh, when Z went to the draft, I thought about calling Coach K and asking him to put off a year. But um, I figure we'll go ahead and try and see where we're at. <laughs> so already this uh, early, you know, we're almost through November, K-State won the Paradise Jam. Kansas won the NIT season tip-off by beating a potential Final Four team in Tennessee. Obviously, you guys knocked off Nebraska, one of the Big Ten, you know, top four teams. Iowa State without Lindell Wigginton looked really good in Maui. I saw Texas and Las Vegas, and they beat North Carolina and were, you know, leading Michigan State. Um, Oklahoma State just had a really good week. They've had a couple of wins. Oklahoma's better than we thought. You know, we shouldn't be surprised here, but early on, what's your assessment of how well the Big 12 is faring in the non-conference? Yeah, to me, it's just another year in the Big 12. Uh, This is always one of the best leagues in the country, if not the best from time to time. I think this year is no different. I think it starts with the coaching. Uh, you got Hall of Fame coaches in our league, guys that consistently won. got some younger guys like myself that are just scrapping and trying to be a part of the fight. And obviously we've got great players. Every year each team has NBA players. Each team has young guys that get better. Uh, so it's just a great basketball league. And uh, I really don't like to think about it this time of year. I'm just trying to get to Christmas and then worry about it then. But, you know, for us it's fun. I think there's two ways to look at it. You look at the daunting task and how difficult it is to win a game. But on the other hand, what a great opportunity. You know, I've coached at different levels where everything has to go right for you to have a chance. But the Big 12 constantly gives you opportunities week after week. You know, you get on a two, three-game winning streak in this league, you can find yourself in the top ten. Um, so I, I love the competition. I'm very proud to be a part of the Big 12, and we look we look forward to competing later on this season. I loved watching your team in the tournament, being around them in the locker room. The music's cranked. It's a loose group, but they'll run through the wall for you. Uh, how much do you think this group is going to be like that group, or maybe already is, that they're having fun, but at the same time not at the expense of working their tail off? 
and putting forth a, a great effort. Well, each team's different, but certainly our culture stays the same. You know, you know, we tell the guys every year, this is really the message last year in the tournament. We want to be the most disciplined team. Uh, we want to play hard, but we also want to have more fun than anybody. I thought last year's team in the tournament really embraced the opportunity. Um, look, it's what these guys choose to do. The, the student athlete, I have so much respect for. These guys, they don't get much of a Christmas break. They get no spring break. Summers are really minimal these days. If this is what you're going to choose to dedicate your life and work at this craft, then you might as well have some fun along the way. So, you know, we're about as serious as anybody when it comes to trying to win the next game. But we also try to live in that balance of enjoying what we're doing. Well, Chris, you're definitely doing that. And uh, I know that you've uh, you've certainly changed the culture for the better in, in Lubbock. And uh, not that it was, you know, bad under, obviously, tell me they were doing, you know, good things. But you've got a tremendous group there. I've learned my lesson. I mean, I didn't have you completely out. I just had you on the bubble. And I know we're still a ways away. This is preseason predictions. But I've learned my lesson. i got to always be all in on Chris Beard and the Red Raiders. I hope, I hope that's true. We're going to continue <laughs> to keep working at it. But I love our fans' passion. Though. It excites me when you say things like that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And up next on March Madness 365, Arizona State Head Coach Bobby Hurley. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Arizona State Head Coach Bobby Hurley. We are in Las Vegas after you knocked off Utah State after beating Mississippi State. And the non-conference so far seems to be uh, very kind to you. Um, what are the similarities you've seen? I know it's a different roster, not as experienced, but the start last year you got versus the one you're already on right now. Yeah, I just think we're, we're built a little different. We're a little more athletic on the front court. We've uh, Our rebounding wasn't as great tonight, but we've we've been very successful doing that and defending. You know, our, our numbers have been way, way better. Um, we had a lot of foul trouble tonight, but it's uh, it's great to see a guy like Lugans Dort uh, with so much upside, so much potential as a freshman to, to have the kind of game he had in this big moment, you know, when you're playing for a championship, to see him step up like that. And, you know, our experiences in some other through some other guys. Island Cheatham's been through a lot of wars and got a great, great way about him, does a lot of things to help us win. So last season, obviously, as we said, you guys sort of came out of nowhere. People weren't expecting it, knocking off Kansas. And then you go into the Pac-12, and you struggle. It was up and down. You end up making the NCAA tournament. When you look back at that part of the season, what do you see? I just you realize how fragile a season can be, and, and you know we were we were playing Arizona uh, in the last minute in a one possession game to go uh, stay undefeated and and win our first league game, and all of a sudden I'm playing Utah at Utah to, to avoid going 0 and 3, and that's all within a week. So you know you got to keep things in perspective. You know we're excited where we are. We've had a lot of injuries we're battling through. Um, guys are starting to get healthy. You know a guy Rob Edwards who wasn't even with us. Uh, you know I projected him to be probably our leading scorer, and so we should get him back next week and. Um, I think we got a, a real high ceiling as a team. What did you learn about yourself going through that last season? Because there were so many highs in November, December, yeah. and then, you know, there were some struggles. Yeah, it's just, you know, you've you got to close out games better. I think, um, you know, our defense is way better, our rebounding is better, and those are things that could help you solidify success. And even if you're not having a great shooting night, you could still battle through some games. And I think this year's team, just with our, with our athleticism, our defensive abilities, that we should be able to do a better job of that. But it wasn't fun to go through that, believe me, Andy. You know, I'm thinking back to, and Danny talked about this, 
uh, just putting a bow on last season, you know, he, I heard from his side about how stressed he was in that A-10 title game where when they lost Davidson, he really believed that he had pushed you out. How much did you think that? Well, I mean, I, I was just hoping that he won a championship. I spoke to him before the game, probably an hour before, and we rarely talk that close to game time, but he, you know, had some, like, hey, I'm not going to let you down. I got you, you know, and so I know how badly he wanted to win for me and, and for his team, so I put enormous pressure on him. <laughs> uh, he probably didn't deserve that, but, uh, you know, it worked out the way, you know, it should have. I think you, you have to be rewarded for your entire season, and, you know, I, I suffered for days uh, after we lost in the Pac-12 tournament wondering how it was going to go, but I, I think the, the, the caliber of wins we had carrying us through. So with him now at UConn, got his first technical and thrown out, uh, but they had a huge win over Syracuse. From afar, what have you seen from your brother in terms of what he's going through, and especially what was your reaction after they knocked off Syracuse? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was loving it for him. I just see the same characteristics that I saw from his teams at Rhode Island, the grittiness, toughness, you know, their defensive uh, ball pressure, and just the, the energy that he brings to, to the program. And I think, you know, he was more relaxed and more... Uh, Last year, I think he had a veteran team. He's got to instill that that passion and that uh, will to win in his team. And, and you saw some some signs of it going in a really good direction. As we're talking, Gonzaga knocks off Duke out in Maui. Uh, there was a lot of talk about this Duke team that was probably way premature. Greatest ever. They're going to go undefeated. Uh, Zion Williamson's LeBron. You know, clearly they didn't have the senior leadership. But, um, you know, you're part of the brotherhood. Uh, when you hear all this chatter, because you, you were part of two of the greatest teams ever, not just at Duke, but in college basketball. What do you think about sort of some of these, unex- these, these expectations that are put on these kids that are probably way too high? Yeah, I mean, I just think that in this day and age with, with social media and, and you're always trying to to say something that's crazier and and to to draw attention to uh, to their team, but it's you know it's fun to watch them. You know you see young guys performing at that level. It's it's uh, you know it's scary. You know again the potential that they have as a team. What have you seen in terms of the way Coach K? continues to relate you know to these younger players decades after you know he had someone like you on the team and your group and yet he's still able to to it doesn't matter regardless of how old he gets and how younger the players are compared to him yeah i mean he's 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 got passion and he's done everything and and he's won and he's coached uh, the all-time greats through usa basketball so he automatically has insane credibility with these kids they're gonna they're gonna live and die everything he says and trust him and you could see that with his team and they he always gets his guys to play very unselfish, and he's an unbelievable communicator and 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 in getting messaging across so that that his teams play together. You know, I feel like it's six degrees of Bobby Hurley because I want to ask you about Buffalo. Um, you know, they go in and they beat West Virginia. This is after they beat Arizona. Um, Nate Oates has done a phenomenal job picking up the baton from you. Um, what are your thoughts as you see from afar what's happened with this program? Yeah, I'm proud of it. You know, I I, I was there in the beginning with Nate, and and it wasn't always easy to to get it going um but uh you know we did and, and nate worked as you know worked as hard as any guy that i've worked with and uh you know he he i knew that he was very very talented coach from all the success he had in high school and and he and i shared the same love for the game i think and and that's why it worked and just been a lot of fun to follow him and, and we talk quite a bit about everything that's happened and we spoke after his his win at, uh, at west virginia so i'm i'm uh, rooting hard for him what do you think of the pressure because you had to go through this that once they get in the MAC, people don't understand how tough that league is. That there's almost this expectation that you have to win it. 
yet it's not easy to go into places like Eastern Michigan and Kent State. What was your experience? Yeah, I mean, on the road in the league or just in the league in general, I thought it was a bear. And it's like, uh, you know, he's going to have his challenges, but, you know, he's got some more opportunities in non-conference. And if he could, you know, maybe get one more high high end win he's, he should definitely they should definitely be in a conversation for for that large bid circling back to Arizona State um, the league's sort of been up and down again in the non-conference I mean that's been the whole thing you guys need better wins in the non-conference you guys have been getting in the last couple of years Colorado loses to San Diego you know Washington had a buzzer beater they also lost at Auburn uh, we'll see how UCLA does this week in Las Vegas what's your feeling about this group in the league about whether or not you can contend you know, for a league championship in a couple of months. Well, that's why we just we try and take these games very seriously, and and we compete. And our players saw what we did last year, and 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 how that affected you know us getting postseason. So, coming into this event, you know, we knew we had opportunities with a, with a top fifteen team, and and then a chance to win a championship. So, um, we we're kind of locked in on that. Uh, I know the coaches in, in the conference have talked about trying to have better success in the non-conference to set our league up for uh, you know more uh, NCAA possibilities hopefully you know as we go over the next month that'll start balancing itself out you know I saw something that you guys did where you've, you've, you've taken up hiking a little bit more in, in the desert in Arizona in, in what way have you been able to sort of find your sort of your mindfulness your zen because you're obviously very intense when you're coaching sweating the whole bit you're into every possession how have you been able to balance getting the stress off well i mean i just try and go all in when i'm there doing my job and then and then you have to have balance and and be able to disconnect and you know have some other things that, that you can do and it's something that i do with my family and uh just any any time in this time of year that I could utilize to get away from everything and just get my mind straight, then then I got to do that. And lastly, Robbie, uh, being out west, coming from the East Coast, I know you played in Sacramento, obviously, but um, in what way do you think this has been a great fit for you so far? I just, I always thought because I, I, I like offense, and, and our team was was top tops in the Pac-12 last year, and I, I always felt like the Pac-12 was set up well for me and my belief system about scoring the basketball. Now, our roster has changed some, so we got a more of a defensive approach this year. But uh, you know, I, I think the league is great. Um, I think it's where I want to be. I could really focus, and, and um, my family loves it. My daughter's at ASU, so I'm, I'm very happy out here. Appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks, Andy. And get ready for my conversation with North Carolina's Luke May that I had with him in Las Vegas. And joining me here on March Madness 365, Luke May. We are in Las Vegas. We're taping this before North Carolina takes part in the Las Vegas Invitational. And Luke, I just want to talk a little big picture about this team and the prospects for it. You know, I think so much was made about you, understandably, but I didn't think enough was made about your classmates, Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams. How do you think that they've performed to this point to where you guys have a pretty experienced veteran group? Yes, sir. I think it's really big to have Cam, who's been in college for five years and really has a lot of experience and does a great job scoring the ball, and he's been really healthy this year, which has been big for us. And then Kenny's just all-around player defensively, takes charges, things like that. And, I mean, his scoring is going to come, and we just, with our young guys as well we just have so many guys that can score it really takes a lot of the pressure off me to kind of do a lot of the things that I was doing last year so just a more of an all-around team and uh, I'm really excited to see where we can go with it. 
you knew this, I think the rest of the country didn't pay attention, that you had plenty of help because there was a lot of focus on you. How much were you sort of waiting for everyone else to recognize that you had some pretty good players around you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we lost two great players in Theo and Joel, but I mean, our freshman class is some of the best we've had in a long time, and just uh, seeing them grow each game, it's really been exciting to see, and I mean, we're going to be really tough to beat, I think. So let's talk about that freshman class. I mean, Joel Berry, obviously a staple at the point with Kobe White and and Nasir Little and, you know, the other guys that you guys have with this group. What have you been impressed with with their contributions so far, especially Kobe and Nasir? Yeah, I think uh, the thing that they've done well, they've picked up and they've learned so quickly. And the college game's a lot different in high school, and they've really done a great job of adapting and seeing how they fit together with this team. And they've taken their shots when we need them to take shots. And I think defensively they can still improve a lot. But they've done a great job, and they're going to continue to get better. And I'm excited to see where their ceiling is at. How much do you think it helps them that so much attention has been on those other freshmen down the road yeah. at Duke. I mean, you got a couple of outstanding freshmen that the country will get to know, but they haven't had to deal with that spotlight the way the Duke freshmen have. Yes, sir. I think, uh, I mean, they're really good in, in that school down the road, but I, mean, I think we also have a lot to say about kind of our team, and it's not an individual sport, and we want to play as a team, and I think they've done a great job buying into what Coach Williams has, has in store for us, and we're going to play, start playing a lot more tougher teams coming up, so it'll be exciting to see how they battle the adversity. You're a first-team All-American in the preseason. I, I just, I got to ask you, I mean, from when you started your career, I mean, what did you really think the chances were that you could be an All-American? Yeah, I mean, I always had confidence in myself, but, I mean, that's a great honor, and I'm really excited to see kind of how my hard work's paid off and just got to continue to push forward. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, I just want to do as well as I can as to help my team win. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me about the accolades and everything as long as we do better than we did last year, kind of or losing early. I think the biggest thing is making a deep run because my, my sophomore year was some of the best basketball and the most fun I've ever had. So just playing more as a team and continue to grow as a group, I think, is going to be really special for us. But if there's one thing to single out about how this happened, because you weren't this player coming out of high school. Yes, sir. How did it happen? I think Coach gave me a lot of confidence. He played me some in sparing minutes in big games freshman year at Duke and against Louisville at Louisville. And I mean, it's really helped me out a lot. And I think just having that confidence from the head coach and then just having confidence in myself and my teammates put me in great spots to be successful. I'm, I'm playing my game, and that's what I know how to do. I know that you're going to hit some more big shots in your life, but I'm curious, uh, when you think back to that shot to beat Kentucky, to go to the Final Four, um, for the rest of your life, what do you think that moment will be like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be something that I can look back on and say, wow, that's really something special that I did and uh, helped my team get to where we wanted to get to. And I mean, nobody will ever talk about a championship without that shot. And I, mean, I think that's just thanking my coaches and my teammates for putting me in that position. But, I mean, it's in the past, and we're looking forward to this year, having a great year. And lastly, Luke, how did your life change after that shot? I mean, it was just totally different. A lot more people recognizing me on campus and uh, reaching out to me. And I, mean, I think it's pretty cool to have so many people realize how big of basketball makes an impact on every, everyone else. Appreciate it, Luke. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. Of course, wherever you can find your podcast, you will find this one on the March Madness media platforms, on Twitter, on Facebook, certainly on NCAA.com. That's where you want to get this podcast. You will hear it, download it, let us know what you think. Wherever you find your Apple podcasts, look for March Madness 365. Easy to search. And as always, thanks for listening. 
You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.